Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Hi, this is Cal Ripken Jr., and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. Hey, what's up, everybody? Mike Lindsley back with you for the ML Sports Platter on the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Mike L Sports and the ML Sports Platter on Facebook and on Instagram. And uh, Believe Podcast Network all over social media as well. In fact, their Twitter handle is at Believe Podcasts. That's at B-L-E-A-V Podcasts. So uh, a must follow on that one. We're brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual, New York State, and our good, good friends at Welch and Company Jewelers. Rings, watches, batteries, engagement uh, uh, rings as well as wedding rings, necklaces, you name it, they've got it. They have a terrific array of jewelry, the best around. Go visit them online at welchjewelers.com. That's welchjewelers.com and uh, shop the showcase today. All right, I want to get into the NFL. Uh, I'm recording this on a Tuesday morning. Uh, after the Rams just got absolutely smoked by the San Francisco 49ers. We'll go all the way back to last Thursday. We'll recap the full Week 10 um, and and just kind of highlight some things. Going back to last Thursday, November 11th, which seems like 100 years ago, boy, boy, I mean, the Dolphins, I thought, gave the Ravens a taste of their own medicine, right? I mean, the Ravens, as we know, have always been able to bring it from a physicality standpoint, no matter how good the team is. Um, you know, even for as good as Lamar has been and, and for as many points as the Ravens can score, you know, they're not an overwhelming, crazy, unbelievable, you know, 11 personnel throw it all over the barn uh, with mega superstars. You know, they don't have Hill, Kelsey, Mahomes. You know, they don't have Allen and Diggs. They don't have, you know, uh, Adams and Rodgers, right? There's uh, a lot of that. And frankly, the Rams, uh, even though they're struggling right now, you know, same thing kind of there. I know Robert Woods went down. I know they got Odell Beckham Jr., but they had Cooper Cup right now leading uh, the NFL in, in, in multiple categories as a receiver. So they don't have those type of guys, but uh, when they aren't able to score a lot, they, they just use that tenacious physical football. They play field position game. They can run the football. They're well coached. And I just thought the Dolphins used all of those tactics against the Baltimore Ravens and in a stunner, Miami wins their second straight. They topped the Ravens 22-10. to Tua Tunga Viola got the game ball, apparently. Um, and I'll tell you, in his injured left hand, and I'll tell you what, uh, this was a game that uh, Miami just went after it from an aggressive standpoint. They were throwing all kinds of different looks at Lamar Jackson. Lamar did not have a good game uh, in this one. He did throw a pick. He had um, 277 yards, I guess, quick add of, of total offense, but... Uh, he was not great. Uh, he was not consistent, and Miami uh, really made him pay. I mean, they 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 had some unbelievable 
defensive stops in this game. Uh, you knew that Baltimore was kind of in trouble, you know, when it was 3-3 in the fourth quarter. You know, and you kind of said to yourself, geez, going into this quarter, I, I mean, what, what you know, the Ravens just don't have it. Kind of felt the same way with the Bills for about two and a half, three quarters, didn't it, against Miami? Miami was playing that, you know, cover two in the back, and they changed it up with some cover zero, cover one, and that was when Cole Beasley got underneath quite a bit. Um, you know, the Dolphins were trying to trick the Bills, going away from cover two, getting into some one, some zero, and it didn't work. And then when they went back to cover two, the Bills just kept tossing to Beasley. So this situation, though, with 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 Miami, a little different because uh, with Baltimore, I should say, because Baltimore's offense not as electric as Buffalo's, uh, and and then Miami scores um, on a. You know what? I apologize. It was six three going into the fourth quarter, and then they got another field goal early in the fourth, and then they they got a touchdown from the Xavier Howard forty nine yard fumble return, which again Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. I've been talking about them all year. Unbelievable corner duo in Miami. Uh, Baltimore got a touchdown from Mark Andrews, but then, you know, right back to it, Tua Tunga Viola runs it in from one yard on just a really nice six play, 75 yard, 153, you know, chunk yard drive. And Baltimore now losing that game falls to six and three. And it changes a lot when you lose a game to a team you're not supposed to lose to. Baltimore losing to Miami. Uh, you know, the Jets beat the Titans. That isn't costing Tennessee yet. The, the Jaguars beat the Bills. That could cost Buffalo as we go deeper into this season. But what a win for the Dolphins. What a horrible loss for the Ravens. And now the Ravens come back in the pack in the AFC playoff hunt. Let's rip through all the rest of these games here on the ML Sports Platter. Again, it's a Week 10 NFL recap, all brought to you by Liverpool Physical Therapy, Sit Means Sit Syracuse, and our great friends over at Rosie's Corner. Cowboys beat the Falcons 43-3. to This was a complete and utter domination by the Dallas Cowboys. They were up 36-3. to at halftime, their defense was everywhere. I'm telling you right now, when the draft happened, I thought Kyle Pitts would be the best player coming out of the draft. Well, he's up there, but Micah Parsons is the best player coming out of the draft, and they have mixed and matched him uh, now more than ever. They're using him up front as a defensive end rusher, uh, and he's just spectacular. I mean, he's all over the field. He's all over the quarterback, all over the running back, six total tackles, all of which were solo. He had a sack. He had one tackle, um, you know, for for a loss and was just a monster uh, in this football game. He had a quarterback hit as well. And if you look at Micah Parsons this season, he has 44 solo and, uh, tackles and six sacks. He's tied for 13th. That, that's a linebacker from Penn State playing D-end. And that just goes to show you how dominant he is as an athlete. And Matt Ryan was awful in this game. Josh Rosen came in, threw an interception like Ryan did twice, and the Falcons just couldn't go anywhere. They're going nowhere, this team. I mean, you know, for any glimpse that they showed this year, I, you know, that win against New Orleans, I, I don't believe in the Falcons at all. Um, this t- this was the easiest pick of the week, you know, Dallas winning. I, I didn't expect them to win by 40, but winning in, in, in convincing fashion, at least by a couple of scores, I, I thought was an easy pick. Um you know, Dallas was hungry. Dallas now at 7-2, and 4-1 and one at home. You know, are they a legit NFC championship contender you can believe in? I needed a few more weeks. I talked about it some weeks back. I needed a few more weeks to see what this team could bring to the table. And it apparently looks as though they very well could be the most consistent team in the NFC. They, you know, the, the Buccaneers lost to the Washington football team. You have a, a bunch of other situations happening, right? Like the Packers... Missed Rodgers, uh, 
you know, that cost him a game, um, you know, with the Corona. Um, you know, you have other teams in the NFC that have just been, you know, the Saints have been wildly inconsistent. The Cardinals have been inconsistent. Maybe it's the Cowboys now uh, who are the most consistent team. And, oh, by the way, the rushing attack was balanced. Still not a big stardom day for Zeke Elliott from a yardage standpoint, but he did score twice. And and I will tell you that uh, C.D. Lamb has now become the clear number one on this roster, the ultra-talented wide receiver uh, out of Oklahoma from the 2020 draft. Uh, he was a 17th pick overall. He is overtaken, I think, um, Amari Cooper. I don't think there's any question about it. And Dak Prescott continues to play at a high level, MVP level. How about that QBR of 93.4, 127.9 rating, 24-31 for 296 and two touchdowns and an average of 9.5 yards on every catch. This guy, Dak Prescott, playing really, really well. Uh, you know, and he's sharing the wealth with with a lot of the receivers. The Cowboys look pretty darn good right now. There's no doubt about that. Do I believe in them? I'm close. I'm close. I still think Green Bay, you know, and Arizona are probably a, a better than them. But, man, the way that Cowboys defense is playing, they can take the ball away at any time, and that offense is electric. And, by the way, the last few years, I mean, say what you want about Jerry Jones as acting GM while he owns the football team. They haven't missed on a lot of picks. I mean, look at Micah Parsons and CeeDee Lamb, some of these guys the last couple of years. They have not missed on them at all. Even with the injuries to Dak Prescott, Prescott's a superstar quarterback. So the Cowboys have drafted very, very well the last two, three, four years. Titans, 23-21 winners over the Saints. All the Titans do is win, 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 no matter what. Mike Vrabel just seems like he's destined uh, for, for greatness in this league in terms of uh, being a head coach. He just knows how to win. He figures out ways. Uh, running back uh, by committee, um, next man up philosophy, whatever the case may be for the Tennessee Titans. And, you know, look, let's be honest. Ryan Tannehill uh, was was pretty uh, serviceable in this game. Um, he didn't have to be amazing in this game because they are getting production from every which way on this football team. And that includes, by the way, the defense. I mean, if you look at these guys, Monty Rice, Jalen Brown, that front is unbelievable. And they have a lot of physical play in the in the secondary as well. Um, this is a good football team. This is a really, really good football team. They're the best team in the AFC right now. Kevin Byard has been so impressive as a corner out of Middle Tennessee, or a safety, I should say, out of Middle Tennessee. Had that little uh, back and forth with Deion Sanders on social media, uh, which was pretty funny. But unbelievably so. I heard Kevin Byard on the Rich Eisen show talking about how he delivered his child um, during training camp. I think it was this year. Uh, they were five minutes away from the hospital, but his wife was like on all fours, and I'm paraphrasing. Uh, he turned, and she thought that the baby was coming out. He turned, and sure enough, the head was coming out, and he just he had to deliver the kid right there uh, in the house, which is absolutely remarkable. Um but this defense is everywhere. I mean, they're all over the place. They're making plays. They're they're creating turnovers. They're forcing fumbles. They sack the quarterback. Um, this team had uh, what did they have? Two set four sacks. Yeah, four sacks on the day. Two from Jeffrey Simmons, who's been a wild animal as well. Harold Landry the third uh, is pretty great uh, as a linebacker. He can get after uh, the run and the pass. I'm telling you, man, this Tennessee team's pretty darn good. And you know, this is all without Derrick Henry, of course. And look, Tennessee now to me, is is the no doubt about it lock to get the number one seed in the AFC unless Buffalo or somebody else can catch them. And here's why. 
The rest of their schedule is a joke. They barely play anybody, and that's okay because they've already beaten unbelievable teams before this stretch. They have Houston, New England, and Jacksonville next. New England's on the road. Uh, then they have at Pittsburgh, San Fran at home, Miami at Houston. I mean, they have two more games with the Houston Texans and a game with Jacksonville. That's three wins right there. That's 11 without even blinking. And, you know, you know, if they go, I mean, they should beat the 49ers at home. Uh, they should beat Miami at home. Uh, Pittsburgh on the road, they should beat. New England on the road, they should or could beat, right? So out of those teams that, you know, the road games, it depends on what people are playing for. New England's fighting for the division. Pittsburgh fighting to get into the postseason. San Francisco now has a little bit of new life after the Monday night went over the Rams. That game, though, not until two days before Christmas. Um, I'm looking at this here like, Houston twice, Miami and Jacksonville, that's four wins. That's 12. You know, can you can you find two out of the three against Pittsburgh, San Fran, and New England? I think that's very doable. And if that's the case, that'll shore up home field advantage. I think 14 wins would cement it. I think 13 could get it done, depending on uh, the other situations going on around the conference. But let's be honest right now, okay? They just beat the Saints. They just beat the Rams. They just beat the Colts. They just beat the Chiefs. They just beat the Bills. I mean, that's, you know, and then they already beat the Colts in the beginning of the season, and this is all after losing their first game 38-13, and everybody after week one giving up on Tennessee, oh, they don't have the physical nature, Henry, you know, Henry's already beaten down, well, surprise, week one overreactions are absolutely the worst thing in all of sports. Colts beat the Jaguars 23-17, another monster game for Jonathan Taylor, Uh, the play-action pass worked enough for the Colts in this one, but it was really the defense sealing the victory, right? They got that late game with a uh, late game fumble recovery. And the Colts now have crawled back to the point where they're 5-5. Five and five. This is a pretty solid football team. They go into the Buffalo Bills home venue in Orchard Park uh, at, at Highmark Stadium for a game this Sunday that's absolutely crucial for both sides. Um, and, you know, the key to stopping the Colts, it's the same recipe for stopping the Tennessee Titans when Derrick Henry is in there. You got you to gotta slow down that run game. Because once the play action starts in, it's awfully hard to slow down that Colts team. And by the way, that Colts defense playing a lot better and a lot more aggressive with physicality. Uh, they've cleaned up some of the, the, the mistakes and the, the, the penalties. So the Colts right now playing pretty well. Uh, they won't touch the Titans <clears throat> in the division. Uh, Tennessee basically has a three-game, uh, more than a three-game edge. I mean, it's three games in the win column, sure. But they've beaten them head-to-head twice and, of course... Uh, the better conference record. So uh, just an unbelievable uh, run here for the Titans. The Colts, though, are coming, and uh, the Bills need to be on their game this Sunday in Western New York. Patriots shellack the Browns, not surprised by the win for New England, but by 38, good grief, 45-7. to They took care of business. It was 7-7 at the end of one, and then 17-7 and 14 points scored in three quarters, respectively, for the New England Patriots. Just an unbelievable uh, uh, performance by New England, and it was every possible facet of the game that the Browns were overwhelmed in. The Patriots creating turnovers, the Patriots offense all of a sudden um, looking like they can be a juggernaut. Uh, it was Stevenson running the football for 100 yards and two touchdowns. Nobody even knew who he was before this week. Uh, Ramondre Stevens, right? Um, you know, the Pats have had injuries in the backfield and all the rest. They traded Sony Michelle for a bag of peanuts. They don't even miss them. And this Patriot team is now 6-4. and four. And, oh, by the way, 
Mac Jones, 19 to 23, 198 yards, three touchdowns. He was throwing dimes. He was throwing the ball in space. He was being smart. No picks, 83.9 QBR, 142.1 on the rating. Mac Jones was sensational and sharing the wealth with Bourne and Myers. I tell you, Jacoby Myers is becoming a pretty good wide receiver for this New England bunch. A lot of people were worried about not having a lot of playmakers. You know, Nikhil Harry maybe being a bust. But they're starting to get the ball into guys' hands. Mac Jones is actually, you can see, making some guys around him better in his rookie campaign. Bourne, Myers, these guys are all catching the football, sharing the wealth. Aguilar had a couple of catches. And the New England defense right now, forget about it. I mean, they're one of the best defenses in the entire NFL. I knew they would be, you know, creating havoc, creating turnovers, winning the line of scrimmage. Um, Kyle Duger has been unbelievable. Eight tackles in this game, seven solo uh, they also had uh, five total sacks in this game. I mean, Matthew Judon with a half sack, Bauer with a sack, uh, Lawrence Guy with a half a sack, one and a half sacks for Wise Jr., half a sack for Dante Hightower. Absolutely absurd how this defense is playing right now. Uh, they've also uh, got, uh, what, what did they have here? Uh, Duger had an interception as well. I mean, they're just all over the place, man. They can stop the run, stop the pass, get turnovers. Cleveland now is swooning. They're 5-5. Five and five. New England's on the rise. And, oh, by the way, they have two games in December with the Buffalo Bills. That could very well decide the AFC East. Moving on, ML Sports Platter Week 10 Recap, brought to you by Stanley Law Offices and Bryant and Stratton College of Syracuse. The Bills beat the Jets 45-17. This was just a game that the Bills, after that embarrassment uh, against the Jaguars, they just had to have this really good team against a really bad team. And the Bills' offense really came to play in this football game. Allen was really good. The offensive line was blocking. Spencer Brown was back. Allows Darrell Williams to get back inside at right guard on that right side. Um, and the Bills used a bunch of guys running the football. Breida, Singletary, Moss, etc. Uh, you know, to balance out the passing attack. This was a Stephon Diggs game. We've been waiting for one. Eight catches, 162, and a touchdown. And the Bills defense. You want to talk about some good defenses, great defenses in the NFL. This one is one of the best as well. They had Five in, uh, turnovers total, four interceptions from uh, their secondary, uh, uh, and, and then Micah Hyde with a forced fumble and the recovery. This team on defense right now, they are getting after it, making things happen. I guess Mike White isn't going to the Hall of Fame just yet. The Bills really, really disrupted him. Uh, Wallace, Johnson, Poyer, and White all each with one interception. And then I mentioned that forced fumble. And... Uh, uh, you know, the recovery as well. So uh, just an amazing defensive performance uh, for the Buffalo Bills. And a couple of unsung heroes, too. I mean, F.A. Obata, who hasn't really been in the mix, uh, gets a sack on defense. And, of course, Matt Breida was fantastic on offense, uh, running it and catching it. Uh, he was super productive um, in this football game, uh, running the ball three three carries only for 28 yards, but he did have a touchdown running it, and then Breida had a touchdown catching it as well. So he was very, very effective, 50 total yards, two touchdowns, and really gave the Bills a, a little bit of a jolt offensively. I think the Bills went back to some of the drawing board in terms of their offensive play calling. They used uh, Isaiah McKenzie on jet sweeps more. There was a lot more fakery and trickery and you know tricky Bills and all the rest, and I thought that really paid off. And clearly the offensive line blocking this time for Josh Allen really helped. I mean, I understand the Jets' defense is absolutely putrid, and nowhere near the Jags defense, but uh, the Bills offensive line, you know, being back with Spencer Brown and company, uh, now they just got to get John Feliciano back, and I think 
things are looking up uh, for the long haul here. If the Bills can stay healthy uh, on the offensive side of things, um, offensive line side of things, uh, this team can go far. They really can. Steelers and Lions in just a bloodbath, 16-16. to This is just an inexcusable, I know Big Ben out, but um, inexcusable game for Pittsburgh to lose at home, even without Ben Roethlisberger. You can't lose to the Lions at home. I mean, my God. And this changes a lot for Pittsburgh now at 5-3-1. and one. You know, you look at this, if they had uh, a, a sixth win, you know, they're right there with Baltimore. They're a couple of games behind Tennessee. They're right there with the Bills, and they have the tiebreaker against Buffalo because they beat them. Well, now you're back in the pack a little bit. That's what happens. When you lose to the Lions, when you lose to the Jags, when you lose to the Dolphins, you lose a ton short-term and long-term. That's what happened to the Steelers in this football game, a very, very, very physical game but a tie game, and the Steelers blew it. Washington beat the Buccaneers. I don't know what it is with the Washington football team. You know, this was a team going into this season that I had pegged as as NFC East winners. I just didn't trust Dallas going into the season. Um, I was obviously wrong. The Washington football team not playing that great of football. I got to tell you, man, I I just, I'm looking at this matchup, though, and, and somehow, some way, they just know how to play Tampa. They give them fits. They gave them fits in the postseason last year. Um, the defense was all over the 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 offensive line of Tampa. Tom Brady throws two picks, had a horrific day, his worst game of the year by far. Um, you know, and, and Washington just kind of stayed the course, man. Taylor Heineke using the play action. Uh, Gibson running the football, two touchdowns there for him, and just sharing it with McKissick and Seals-Jones and Carter and LaCorin, uh, McLaurin, excuse me. Um, and the Washington defense, again, they just came to play, and uh, they were terrific, and they read the ball, Jackson the third, and McCain each with an interception. This is a big-time win for the Washington football team, and like many other teams, when you lose to a team you shouldn't, it hurts you big-time in the standings. Buccaneers now 6-3 and three football team, just a few games over 500. A lot of people maybe pegged them as 13-14 wins this season. I think maybe we need to slow down on that, and of course the home field advantage, they're now behind. Uh, big time, uh, the Arizona Cardinals uh, and, and the Green Bay Packers. So, um, you know, this is a, this was a huge loss for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Panthers going to uh, Arizona and smoke the Cardinals. I know no Kyler Murray, but I did not expect a 24-point win by the Panthers. I think this was an emotional uh, rally around Cam Newton type of a game, plus Christian McCaffrey was back. I think that's basically what did it. Cam Newton came in. Um, you know, first two touches he had resulted in touchdowns. He ran one and he threw for a touchdown. Again, McCaffrey on the ground and through the air, he was spectacular. P.J. Walker started at QB for Carolina, but Cam Newton is aiming to start this week. So uh, that'll be an interesting one as well because that's going to be a, up against the Washington football team, against Ron Rivera, his old coach in Carolina, who didn't want anything to do with him in Washington going into this season. So uh, very interesting to see uh, what Cam has in store for that football team, but um, outstanding win for Carolina. And for the meantime, they are back at least a little bit in the playoff picture, right? Vikings beat the Chargers 27-20. You know, the Chargers are falling apart before our very eyes. I just can't say enough about the Minnesota Viking three-headed monster uh, of, of Kirk Cousins, who this year has played really Solid football for the most part. He's had a couple of black games. This four and five biking team, you know, you almost feel like with Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, 
and Justin Jefferson. This should be a six or seven win football team, right? Because of their offense. Um, you know, their defense played played sound football uh, in this game. They did pick off Justin Herbert uh, in this football game. They were able to slow down the run game. Uh, the Chargers looked kind of uh, 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 out of it on offense, not knowing really what to do um, with different formations being thrown uh, at them by the Minnesota Vikings. But just an outstanding, outstanding win for Minnesota. And now all of a sudden the Chargers are in deep trouble because they're 5-4 and four and they are starting to swoon. They've gotten punched in the mouth multiple weeks. Uh, teams have been exposing them. So this was a big loss for them and they fall back in the playoff picture. Eagles at the Broncos didn't see this one coming. 30-13 to win for the Philadelphia Eagles. A team that just did everything they were supposed to do at crucial moments. Darius Slay, by the way, quite the return on the Eagles' scoop and score touchdown. You go into a hostile environment. The Eagles don't have a ton of playmakers on offense. I mean, I like Howard running the football. I think Devontae Smith is solid. Jury's still out on Jalen Hurts. They don't really have a lot there, but they're able to create some off the defensive end. And don't look now, but they're only two games under 500 um, and have been battling. The Broncos now are 5-5. Five and five. And again, another crucial loss in the AFC playoff picture. Because remember, going into this this week, five-win teams, man. You had you know the Chiefs. You had the Raiders. You had the Chargers. You had the Broncos. All those teams in the AFC West, right? Like you had the Steelers. You had the Bills. Um, you know, you had a lot of, you had the Patriots, you had the Colts, or you had the, no, the Colts uh, were four wins, but you get the point. There were a lot of teams in the AFC with five wins. And now it's like, okay, separation time. This is, that's that part of the schedule in the NFL. Like it's separation time. Broncos didn't separate themselves in a good way. They separated themselves in a bad way, as did the Steelers, as did the Ravens. Packers beat the Seahawks 17 to zero. I still think that the Green Bay Packers I think it's going to go through home field them for home field advantage at Lambeau Field uh, for the NFC. Uh, it'll probably be between them and Arizona and Dallas as well. I just mentioned Dallas uh, as being a real deal Holyfield. I think they've been the most consistent team in the NFC, but I don't think they're the best team, if that makes sense. Um, and going into Lambeau, going into Arizona, a much different situation than Dallas hosting. Uh, but, hey, Dallas can travel well because they can run the football and play great defense. Um, you know, and Green Bay's defense brought it against Russell Wilson, who looked like he wasn't really ready to play. Too much Rodgers, too much Dylan, too much Adams. They have a trio of guys each week, again, when Rodgers is in there, um, that can kill you. This time around, it was A.J. Dillon running a little bit more than Aaron Jones. Uh, Aaron Jones now, I believe, out. He got injured in this game. He's out, I think, for a couple of games. But he, whether it's Jones or Dillon, my point is a three-headed monster there getting it done. Rodgers, Dillon, and Adams in this particular game. And the Green Bay defense was ferocious. Russell Wilson threw two picks. He didn't look ready. And things are just done and shot in um, Seattle for this season. They have fallen to 3-6. and uh, six. And, oh, by the way, don't be surprised if Russell Wilson changes uniforms in the offseason. One place to keep an eye on, the aforementioned Philadelphia Eagles. Maybe they would trade Jalen Hurts elsewhere or even to Seattle along with a bunch of picks. They have a ton of draft capital. They have a bunch of first-round picks in the 2022 NFL Draft. I, I mean, look, if I'm Howie Roseman, I'm going straight for it and getting Russell Wilson, if I can, change the dynamic of the franchise, um, You know, make people believe. You got Wilson to Devontae Smith. You go get a couple more weapons, and all of a sudden, the Philadelphia Eagles could get right back into Super Bowl contention. Be on the lookout for Russell Wilson in the offseason. Chiefs, they improved to 6-4 and four over the Vegas Raiders, uh, a, a crucial rivalry game that goes their way. 
Mahomes is still out, you know, he's still overthrowing a lot of receivers, but he looked closer to the vintage Mahomes than we've seen. 35 of 50, 406 yards, five touchdowns, sharing the ball with everybody. Uh, Tyreek Hill, unstoppable. Uh, Travis Kelsey, unstoppable. Um, Daryl Williams was unstoppable. In fact, he and Kelsey each had 100-yard games. You know, Pringle, Hardman, Robinson, so many weapons, so many options. This team's too good. There's too much talent, too much Mahomes, Kelsey, too much Andy Reid, too much Tyreek Hill, just too much for this team uh, to be given up on. And now Kansas City has new life at 6-4 and four in the AFC playoff hunt. The Raiders get back, uh, back in the pack. And finally, the 49ers beating the L.A. Rams. You know, the Rams just don't look right. They look a little clueless right now uh, offensively. You know, again, a Sean McVay offense, when it's when it's humming, has been able to run the football a little bit. Again, I'm not saying teams, Buffalo, the Rams, I'm not saying that they have to go back into, um, you know, the 1980s here. But, you know, run it just a little bit, be able to run it. I mean, Henderson Jr. has shown this year to be a guy who can break out and, and have nice games, but he only had 31 yards in this game. That's just not enough. And the LA Rams, they got crushed, crushed by the Titans double digits and crushed by the Niners double digits as well, back-to-back weeks. And it's the way they're losing. The physicality, the turnovers by Matthew Stafford are awful. He looks really, really confused um, uh, when he's when he doesn't expect the blitz. You know, the blitz comes and he he can't really control it. He's throwing pick sixes. He looked awful against the 49ers. Awful. I know there was no Robert Woods, but he still had Cooper Cup. Van Jefferson is solid. Still had Higby. He went to Beckham early. Didn't really go to him much the rest of the way. Two catches for 18 yards in Beckham's uh, Rams debut. He, he's just not a superstar wide receiver. He makes too many headlines um, for, for what quality of play he brings. The Rams defense also getting exposed in this game, which probably shows you that there's some major concerns. I mean, the 49ers don't exactly have the, uh, you know, the, the, the greatest show on turf here, uh, but Garoppolo was efficient. He only threw it 19 times, two touchdowns, 182 yards, great QBR, great, great rating. They were able to run it with Elijah Mitchell, um, you know, and some trickery. Debo Samuel was great. Finally, X-Factor uh, performance for him. George Kittle, five catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. So the 49ers rolling the Rams, this is an interesting situation now because the 49ers, now with a little bit of new life at 4-5, and five, and now the Rams, are they a team now that's back behind the pack? They were up there just a few weeks ago. Them, the, Ram, the, uh, the Cardinals, the Packers, the Cowboys, now I think they've fallen behind the aforementioned Cardinals, Packers, and Cowboys, and they need to get their offense in gear immediately uh, or they're going nowhere fast. That schedule for the Rams Looks like this the rest of the way. Uh, they go, uh, let's see, at Green Bay, whoa. Uh, Jacksonville at home should win, then at Arizona. Woo. Home for Seattle, at Minnesota, tough game, at Baltimore, tough game, home for the 49ers. This team needs to beat the teams they're supposed to beat. They got to beat the Jags, they got to beat the Seahawks, they got to beat the, um, probably I would say the 49ers at home uh, in the rematch has got to be a, a win for them. At Minnesota, again, I don't know. Minnesota plays tough football. You know, that that to me looks more like a six-win football team on paper um, and, and with the stars they have with Cook and Jefferson and Cousins playing at a high level for, I would say, 75% to 85% of this season. Man alive. I mean, they've got a tough road here, uh, do the Rams, with the Packers on the road and the Cardinals on the road, the Vikings on the road, and the Ravens on the road. Those are four really, really tough games. 
win those other three games, let's say that puts them at 10 wins. Boy, where do they find those other wins to try and get back up to the top for home field advantage? I don't see it in the LA Rams the way they are playing offensively. There were four teams that had buys during week 10 of the NFL slates um, and teams that, you know, when, when this kind of stuff happens, you know, they don't, they don't move up. They don't move down in the playoff picture. You know, it's, it's interesting. The Bengals being one of them, uh, a team that really, I I thought for all intents and purposes, uh, had tricked us for a few weeks and then they get slapped around by week probably came at a very good time for the Cincinnati group. Uh, Bengals, Bears, Giants, and Texans were the bye teams for week 10. And now we motor into week 11. Things getting awfully fun and awfully interesting in the NFL. Mike Lindsley with you here. It's the ML Sports Platter, part of the Believe Podcast Network. Hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports. We're brought to you by your State Farm agent, Matt Graham. Chick-fil-A of Syracuse, uh, of Cicero and Clay, I should say. Make sure you go get some tenders, mac and cheese. They've got great soups. They have a tremendous array of salads and shakes as well. Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. And a tip of the cap, thank you as well to the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group, Burton Ace Hardware, and Camillus Golf Club. Go get your 2022 membership today from Camillus. Visit them online at camillushillsgolfclub.com. That's camillushillsgolfclub.com. Camillus Golf Club is a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor and official course of the platform. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.